You're listening to the Violence Design Lab Podcast, Episode 6. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab Podcast. Now here's the mad scientist himself, David Barefoot. I always think it looks better when characters fight with sharp swords on stage and I work with the actors to sharpen them beforehand. I hate it when they wave around hunks of blunt steel that they know aren't dangerous. The audience can tell. Hi, I'm David Bareford. Welcome back to the Violence Design Lab podcast, and today I'm talking about perceived danger in your fights. Now, before I continue, my lawyers are telling me that I can't go around telling people to use sharpened props on stage, so I I better clarify what I'm talking about post-haste. In case it's not obvious, please never use stage weapons that are actually sharp. That's just a dumb idea. But notice what I said earlier. I want to see characters fighting with sharp swords, and I work with the actors to sharpen them. So what the heck do I mean? Well, what I'm really talking about here is how to help actors to portray characters in a world where swords are sharp and weapons are serious and dangerous. Too often, actors handle or react to weapons, especially swords, in a way they would never do in the real world. And if the characters don't seem to perceive the weapons as dangerous, guess what? The audience won't either. Let me take you through an exercise that I run for my actors. I especially do this for shows with swords, but it works with fights for any bladed weapon. Start with a a stage knife, something obviously non-dangerous. I use a nylon or polypropylene trainer from Cold Steel because they're knife-shaped, but it's immediately obvious that they're not steel and not dangerous. I mean, you could give these things to a five-year-old and not worry. Then pair the actors off with a partner. Give one of them the knife. Tell the actor with the knife to grab the unarmed partner as if they're threatening him and to place the edge of the knife against their throat just under their jaw or chin. Tell them both to act the moment as they would. Then after a moment, give the knife to the other person and and repeat. So far, pretty standard, right? Well, now's the fun part. Bring out a steel knife. Make sure it starts in a sheath. I use a a wickedly narrow fillet knife with about an 8-inch blade. Then in full view of the actors, carefully draw this knife and explain that this one is very sharp. To demonstrate that, Take a short piece of, like, clothesline or cotton rope, make a loop in one hand, and use the knife to cut through the loop and drop the pieces on the floor. Now, explain that the actors are going to go through the exercise again, but this time, everything's going to be slow and careful. They're going to do similar motions to the last exercise, but they don't need to act this time because of the dangerous knife. Then when you hand the knife off to the first actor, make sure you hand off only the handle to him. Be very careful not to touch the blade. Then, speaking calmly and softly, ask them to slowly place the edge against their partner's throat. Once they've done this for a few seconds, carefully pull the knife away, delicately switch it to the other actor, and repeat. And when both have experienced this exercise, take the knife back and ask them if it felt different. Almost every actor that I've done this with experiences much more stress. Some even find their heart rate elevates. They they hold their breath, and in a few cases, their hands were trembling a bit afterwards, just from the adrenaline. Then, when everyone agrees that's a lot different with a sharp weapon, I take the edge of the steel knife, and I run it across my own throat. Then I do it again. Then I pull it across my forearm several times, and still, no blood, no damage. You see, the steel knife isn't sharp either. Like I said, don't, don't, I don't hand sharp weapons to actors. However, everything I did in that setup gave them the perception 
that the blade was razor sharp. But wait, you might say, uh, what about that clothesline you cut? The blade has to be at least somewhat sharp to cut through that. Yeah, except that's a little magic trick, a little bit of sleight of hand. The ropes never cut at all, even though the actors <clears throat> see two pieces. I have a, a short video that is this, ep- this episode's uh, bonus content that's going to demonstrate how you can make that trick work for your actors. To get it, just visit the website at uh, violencedesignlab.com and click the resources link on the menu bar. Check it out. It's a really simple trick. Anyone can do it. But people fall for it every time, and it, it really brings the episode or the exercise home. So what is the point of that exercise? Well, once the actors get over the fact that you tricked them and they're relieved to know that you're not insane by making them do exercises with sharp knives it becomes easy to explain how perceptions can shape reality. As I said, I've had many actors whose physical heart rate noticeably increased during the exercise, not because of the actual facts, like an actually sharp knife, but because of what the actor thought was true. This is a powerful example of perceived danger. If a character doesn't perceive danger in their world, the audience won't either. Perceived danger is necessary in a sword fight, a fist fight, even a scene where one character is physically threatening another. If a character, for example, is pointedly blocking my only exit out of the room, I need as a character to acknowledge that threat to make it real to the audience. doesn't mean I have to wilt with fear, but I need to visibly recognize the danger in some way. If I don't, it's just the guy standing over there. No one will even notice he's between me and the door. And for completeness sake, yes, there, there can, of course, be scenes where one character is completely oblivious to the danger presented by another. However, if you want those moments to work, the danger presented to the clueless character must be very obvious to the audience, like a, a drawn knife or a similar weapon ready to strike. So, perceived danger is a necessary thing for any violent scene. But here's the challenge that most violence designers fail to address. Perceived danger from swords is hard to achieve with a modern audience. Let's unpack why that is. See, humans are very much creatures of the immediate. Our threat sensors react strongly to dangers that we perceive to be capable of imminent physical harm to us, but we're much less affected by threats which are largely intellectual. I mean, we've all seen uh, mothers snatch a child out of the street and, and lecture him on the dangers of traffic. But how often have you seen a mother slap a bag of Doritos out of her son's hand and shout, Johnny, that's dangerous. Don't you know heart disease is the number one killer in America? Right? It's not immediate, so it doesn't register as much of a threat. Now, you pull out a Glock, even a stage prop, and you point it at the audience, and someone will almost always flinch, even though they know, or are pretty sure, that the pistol is really a safe theatrical prop. Their danger instinct reacts a moment before their intellect overrides it. But swords, they no longer get such automatic respect from our lizard brains, since the only time we see swords anymore are in movies, on stage, or more rarely at sporting events like fencing bouts or historical martial arts tournaments. And in each of those situations, the audience is not in physical danger, so we become unconsciously habituated to move swords very low on our threat scale. Swords simply don't automatically scare us anymore. I mean, our intellect understands that they're dangerous, so we ascribe some level of threat to them in the story. But but that cerebral reaction, it can't engage us nearly as deeply as the visceral reaction from a gun or another, quote, modern threat. So what's the takeaway for actors and violence designers? 
Well, if your show calls for a sword fight that's supposed to be an entertaining, swashbuckling romp, well, don't change a thing. I mean, that, that's the current default from the audience's perspective. But if, however, you want to present a, a gritty, serious altercation that's supposed to be a scary portrayal of people fighting for their very survival, I'm afraid you got your work cut out for you. So, following are a few of the tips that I've found to be effective to help make swords feel dangerous to an audience. Now, some of these are targeted for designers and some for actors. And if you are an actor, incidentally, check with your violence designer before you implement any of these changes. And remember, <laughs> altering the choreography uh, itself, that's above your pay grade as an actor. Don't do that, no matter what I'm, you might hear from this podcast, okay? Always check with your choreographer first. So, for actors, first of all, treat swords, both yours and the opponent's, as if they're actually sharp. Actors tend to handle swords on stage in a manner that would be extremely careless or, or cavalier with a sharp weapon. Don't do that. And if you don't handle and react to a sword as if it could hurt you, well, the audience won't see it as dangerous either. Sometimes it helps actors to imagine a sword as a, as a three-foot kitchen knife. I mean, and if you've never held a sharpened sword before, it's very educational to do so, especially if you can mark through the choreography, obviously slowly, carefully, under strict supervision. But I tell you, sharps will teach you a whole new appreciation for the potential lethality of swords. Just uh, take note how much your heart rate rises when a keen edge moves in your general direction. I know some of my friends that do historical martial arts will sometimes walk through uh, the moves that they are learning with sharps just to see the different feel and get an idea of what that might be like. They don't ever bout with them because, of course, they're not crazy. Now, also, as an actor, show concern, at least, about keeping your opponent's sword away from your body. We can get so caught up in the, the give and take of the rapid choreography of swordplay that we forget to respond emotionally to what our characters are experiencing. Now, not every attack is going to rate a 10 on your fear spectrum, but you've got to remember that a sword fight is not at all the same thing as a fencing bout. Okay? Your opponent is not trying to touch you. She's trying to kill you by ramming a yard-long piece of sharp steel through your guts. And even her most tentative attack is still a threat. And a slight miscalculation or a failed defense on your part means your blood's going to suddenly be on the wrong side of your skin. So give emotional weight to parries, to the blocks, to your avoids. Make your defenses reactive. See, of course, every move in your fight is planned for the actor. But not every move is going to be plan is planned by the character. See, a fighter rarely gets to pick what the other guy is going to do. And while your character may expect your opponent to attack, remember, your character won't know the exact nature of that attack. By, by that, I mean the, the target, the trajectory, etc. Un until that attack is actually happening. And if you don't show the audience the difference between your planned attacks that you make and your, quote, unplanned defenses, it's going to look all the same to us. And then the fight is generally going to look choreographed and safe. Now, some of my tips for designers. First of all, I love to show swords causing damage. Let the audience see that longsword just smashing the furniture or figure out how to show that rapier cutting the costume or inflicting minor cuts to hands and arms before the final kill of the serious wound. The more you demonstrate uh, 
how that sword is sharp and dangerous, the easier it is for the audience to remember. I do have one caveat for this. Avoid the old tropes of, you know, chopping through candles or slashing chandelier ropes. I mean, you can do that, of course, but you'll place your your show solidly in the swashbuckling genre. And again, that genre, we're not really afraid of swords. At least the heroes certainly aren't. And the danger level goes down for the audience. Other things I like to do is to include what I call non-lethal references to the, to the sword's keen edge. You basically... Find creative ways to show and remind the audience that the swords are sharp. Maybe maybe the duelist checks the edge of his weapon with his thumb before the fight starts. Maybe you can find a moment in, this, uh, in a scene to add the stage business of the character using a grindstone or a whetstone to sharpen the blade. Although, if you do this, make sure the actor isn't actually putting an edge on the weapon, okay? Because uh, that would be bad. Or, you know, one character could hand an unsheathed sword to another... And we see both characters display definite caution to hand off the sword by the hilt without touching the blade, etc. So anything you can do to remind your modern audience that swords are dangerous, and really, they were often one of the most deadly weapons of their time. So try to include as many references as you can to how lethal this sword can be. Also, don't let actors or costumers treat them like dull props. You ever seen a rapier carried by an actor on stage in a little leather, you know, frog at the belt without a sheath or a scabbard or any kind or a, a longsword hung in a ring or shoved through a belt? Now, would you carry a sharp hunting knife like that? I sure wouldn't. I mean, I'd make myself bloody five times a day. But this happens all the time on stage. It drives me crazy. Now, if the character is literally coming on stage into an expected battle or in the middle of a battle, I can justify it. it it's annoying to fight with scabbards and she's flopping around your legs. But every other time, though, I think we should see some kind of blade covering. It's not only for protecting yourself uh, from the edge, but also it protects the blade from the environment. Remember, swords, no matter if you're talking the Renaissance or medieval swords or even back to Greek and Roman times... Swords represent a significant expense to the character, and they would be cared for and protected against rust and doling. These were often handed down generationally because of their expense. Now, I get it. Most rental swords, they don't come with sheaths, nor do low-end stage combat blades. You know, most things, especially that use epee blades, and hopefully you're only using those maybe for small swords, right? Anyway, they don't come with scabbards. But think about why. Expense? Eh, sure, maybe. But check out any knife supplier like the, the Bud K mail order catalog here in the States. I can buy bayonets and fighting knives for under 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, I know. The steel is admittedly low quality, but they all come with sheaths. Do you know why? Because they come sharp. Yeah. See, it's a mindset thing. Is it sharp? Comes with a sheath. Dull? Well, why bother? And that sets up a whole chain reaction down to the actor who then treats it like a dull prob, and audiences who watch what should be this life-and-death struggle and completely fail to see any danger in it. So, for those of you who complain that stage sword fighting isn't realistic enough, start here. Make your swords sharp to the character. If you can't do that... Everything after that is going to be undermined by the lack of perceived danger, no matter how realistic your choreography is. Now, 
At the top of the episode, I mentioned a, a little video of that little sharp, not sharp knife trick. It's, it's posted up on my website at violencedesignlab.com. You can click the resources link on the menu bar or type violencedesignlab.com slash six download. The number six download altogether. That'll also get you there. It'll take you to a page where you can access all of the freebies that I mentioned in my episodes. As always, if you found this information useful, please take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and give me a five-star rating if you can. That moves my feet up the rankings and helps other people find me. I also appreciate it if you link to me on Facebook, share me on Twitter, Pinterest, whatever social media you have. You can also find the lab on Facebook at facebook.com slash violence lab. You can ask questions, leave comments for me there, or on the website by clicking the Ask David link on the menu bar. You can subscribe for regular email notifications of blog posts, podcasts, and new content by submitting your email to get the free downloads or by clicking the Lab Reports tab in the top right corner of the website. Once again, thanks again for joining me, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Until then, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com. 